it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration, along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here's your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good evening, good morning, and good day, everyone. We've got a great show for you this morning. I'm super excited to be sharing this week's episode, which is the second uh, week of our Success Rituals theme. And this week, I've got uh, an absolute treat for you. I've got two uh, great speakers joining us. I have uh, Kate, who's a speaker buddy from South Australia, who will be sharing on her topic, Comedy Got Me Into This, and It Better Get Me Out of It. Um, And Kate always has a great uh, tale to tell. And my second guest is Joe Frankie III, who lives in Houston, Texas. Um, and we met on LinkedIn and had a fabulous conversation. And he's going to be sharing his uh, story on the five minute drill and executives networking secrets. So do stick around and join us for the second segment today as well. So let me get into the show today. And do keep in mind, folks, you can um, jump onto the radio station station blog and find my guests contact details um, and information and any downloadables that they have there to share with you so you can connect with them so Kate welcome good morning uh, good morning I'm saying good morning but it should be saying good evening I've got to get my time zones right I know it keeps us on our toes doesn't it <laughs> yeah, it sure does <laughs> Excellent. So let me give you, um, everyone the, your official background, um, so the official introduction. So Kate is a humour coach and an award-winning comedian who helps people to be funny on purpose, develop their comedic intelligence, and Kate's makes sure humour is used to support your key messages, brand and personality. In business, the primary reason for humour isn't for laughter, it's for engagement. And through better engagement, prospects, clients, teams and audience, uh, this leads to better relationships, uh, performance and results. And Kate has over 15 years of experience as a stand-up comedian, even thought of that terrifies me. She's a great <laughs> MC, a speaker, as I mentioned, and Kate brings her extensive knowledge and skills to teach leaders, coaches, business owners, and speakers how to use humor, humor effectively to communicate their message. And Kate says, rather than telling a joke to make people laugh, focus on using humor with purpose to engage and influence your audience. She's the creator of Funny on Purpose Formula, and she has a left 
she has left-brained comedy. In other words, she's systemised it by adding her own templates, checklists, laugh data and reference maps and methodologies which she uses to help teach humour and to engage other. Kate teaches you to use humour in a way that helps you be confident, funny engaging while creating a fantastic experience uh, for your market so hold on to your seats join us with lots of fun this morning um, and Kate welcome as I said thank you for joining us thank you it's very exciting to be on the radio today tonight tonight and today yes <laughs> so do tell us a little bit about your background especially as it ties into your topic uh, title uh, which we have um, as comedy got me into this and it better get me out of it because I know a little bit of that story but do share how you um, came to that and a little bit of your background yeah, well, um, I have been doing stand-up comedy for a long time. Uh, when I had my daughter, who's almost coming up to 11 years old now, when I had her, I found that I couldn't do stand-up comedy quite the same way that I used to be able to uh, because there was a few logistical issues about going out to a comedy club for four hours um, and having a baby at home didn't quite work. So what I did was I started up a comedy show in a local tennis club or a sports club um, and just went, okay, it's going to be an hour-long show. I'll leave baby with dad go out for an hour, have a laugh, put on a show and everyone can go home again. And that very uh, that was quite successful and lots of good fun um, and then very quickly turned into um, a fundraising model where we would take that out to schools and sporting clubs and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and so I did, I was very heavily into parent comedy, um, laughing about the trials and tribulations of being a parent and the difficulties and I was getting quite a lot of um, recognition laughter from the audience as well. Uh, so I thought that was all good. And then um, I sort of continued with that for a number of years. Used to have a great time on stage, not so great a time when I got off stage and couldn't quite put my finger on it. Um, thought maybe I'll just go and learn a bit more about business because at this stage I'd sort of morphed from a stand-up comedian into a business owner um, running the comedy shows as a fundraising product. Um, and so met some uh, business people and that's sort of how I ended up morphing into teaching humour now for business owners and speakers and that sort of thing. Um, but what what sort of like was the – it was almost – I would have said it was the death of my stand-up career, but I think it was just a pause <laughs> now. Um, was So I would have a great time on stage laughing about how hard it was to be a parent and then feeling very average after I got off stage. And so I ended up in a psychologist's office a couple of years ago um, where I got the diagnosis of clinical depression. Mm. And I'm like, how does a comedian who specializes in laughter and is always so happy end up with depression? And I just at that point felt so ripped off. Um, <laughs> I was like, this is not okay. And that's sort of where I came to the like, there's just this bit of an aha moment that hit me in the thing um, in the psychologist's office where I said, well, if comedy got me into this, comedy better get me out of it. Um, and that's sort of how the comic intelligence sort of body of work all came about after that. Beautiful. Um, and I know you've shared some of that story. Um, and when you were going um, through that process, um, and this may be 
jumping the gun a little bit. I remember you sh- uh, telling me, me that you did some work with Dale Beaumont, who, of course, I know and I've worked with as well, and that you were actually um, – this is why I love Kate because she's systemized. She has a systems thinking like <laughs> I do, um, and that you actually reversed engineered and you tracked and tr- uh, plotted everyone's uh, points of where they did or didn't get laughter when he had all of his <laughs> different guest speakers on. So can you share a little bit about the insight around that, if um, that's possible, Yeah, please? Yeah, so because – um being like sort of going from comedian to business in the business space I thought I need to beef this up a bit and make it a bit more serious or proper because it's all good it's all fine to say well let's have a laugh but let's actually see it charted down and Mm. I do have quite a logical brain and like to nerd out on these things so David Beaumont's um, uh, program consisted of us back in the day when you could travel freely um, Mm. before COVID times, we would go to Sydney. So I live in Adelaide in South Australia. We'd go to Sydney four times a year and have two days of um, big stage speakers that would come in and speak about everything from social media to leadership to everything in and out between. And mm. so I, um, I obviously was taking notes for all of these, but I was like, this is the perfect opportunity to see humour in action from a speaking point of view. So I would track all the different um engagement points with that a speaker would have because obviously you're seeing two days worth of speakers four times a year over a good number of years I saw a lot of speakers and mm. I was fascinated with what makes some speakers sort of rise to the top and um really engage their audiences so I started charting all of that on maps <laughs> to see where they were and what was interesting is that the the, the biggest talked about speakers at each conference were the ones who had the most things plotted on my graphs. Mm. Um, And so that sort of, to me, was just a really good validation that the more engagement you have, the um, the more powerful your speaking is. Beautiful. And uh, I do remember you sharing a little insight that um, it's also about how early that happens. Is that still correct? Was that still yeah, part of the... totally. Yeah. So um, I think the, the most impressive person had 26 laugh points in the first five minutes of their presentation. And that's still the, um, the gold standard to get to today. Wow. Um, but yeah, obviously... Um, with stand-up comedy, you really have to make an impression and get your first laugh out in the first, like, less than 30 seconds. Um, Mm. Speakers obviously have a little bit more leeway, but if you can sort of really put that first three to five minutes really top-heavy with laughter, it's almost like you've reset your audience's um, brains or reset their day um, Mm. and they have had a good laugh and then they're much more engaged and listening to what you have to say. So it's sort of like... Heavy at the front, sprinkle a little bit through to keep them going, just like you would a spice if you were cooking. And, um, yeah, and then a good one at the end if you can because that's when people are filling out the feedback forms. (laughs) (laughs) Very strategic of you. Love it. Um, It's all done with a purpose. There's nothing left to chance, Sally. Yeah, I love it. That Hence the laughter on purpose being the very big key word there as well. So uh, as it relates to some of that purpose, can you give us some examples of either people that have either followed your advice or some of the common uh, problems and setbacks that people experience and then uh, as a result they come to you to, to help overcome that so talk us through some yeah. of those yeah well I normally get called in um when people are having a disengagement problem so 
disengagement can be caused by a whole heap of things. Usually it's because their topic's a bit dull or dry or boring. Um, not that it's not necessary, but it's just not entertaining. So I sort of get mm. brought in to make it just make it a bit more engaging for people. Um, mm. And so when we do that, I look at nine different factors to actually make that happen because comedy or humour can do so many things. So it can put your audience in a good mood. So um, it can help people, like if there's a stereotype of your topic that people just automatically switch off initially because they haven't heard you speak or they don't they're just not interested humor is a really good way to do that um mm -hmm. it also helps you connect with your audience so if you've got something that is quite complicated or tricky for people to understand um using the humor to make it more relatable to your audience is a really good way to bridge that um knowledge gap and then obviously too humor um has all the physiological and psychological benefits so it's how do we um use that and it also primes your brain for activity so it's like if we can put your key points around humor then that people will remember or understand them quicker and remember them longer so mm. um yeah so that's sort of when people come to me it's like that's we sort of get that nutted out first and then it's much much, much easier to write the humor when we know why we need to put it in in the first place so always start with the why, um, and that's yep. gonna that's intrigued. Just created a question for me. Um, so how how do you select the right humour based based on the why? Because um, that I know that's obviously your specialty, but I look at that and go, uh, uh, I don't know what to do next. So <laughs> talk me through how that how that works, because I know that's totally your inner genius and your gift. So just sort yep. of elaborate on that a bit for us. Well, um, yeah, I, there's a couple of things here. So one of them, I'll give you a quick example. So um, I was working with a person who was a job coach and their um, uh, brief was to go into high schools and teach high school students about the recruitment industry. Now, obviously, there was a very big knowledge gap there for mm. high school students to go to understand everything about getting a job. And so what we did is we acknowledged that that was going to be a problem and so we had to put her content into a context that the high school students would understand so we chose organizing a party and so getting the invites um obviously is like getting your job application written and you have to write the right type of invite so that you get the right type of party um and then when you've got um once you've got the invites out it's like how do we prepare for the party and how do you dress yourself up so that you look the part and then how do we make sure we host a great party as well um which sort of relates through to the interview so all of a sudden she was able to use something that people understood and mm. then put her content into that model and then people go oh okay so now I'm getting the invites ready now I'm getting myself ready for the party and now I've got to actually host the party um, and so it just made it so much more engaging for her audience because they could understand the steps the whole way along mm. and that's the key thing it's understanding the steps isn't it yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the other thing that I was going to say about um, that too is when people think of humour, I think a lot of times people think of humour in a traditional context where humour is used for entertainment. And so the purpose of humour in that context is um, being funny and getting laughs and cracking jokes. But from a business perspective, that doesn't quite gel 
the same way. So when you're thinking about using humor in business or presentations and things like that, I want you to think about using humor for the purposes of getting people's attention. So obviously, if you're using humor online, it's much easier to get people's attention um, so stop the scroll um, sort of thing, as I say. Um, so we want to be looking at attention, getting people connected to us and our message and then getting engagement. So um, and that makes a lovely little acronym of ACE. So think of um, humour as the ACE up your sleeve. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> ace up your sleeve. Well done. That's fantastic. So uh, on that, um, is there one uh, I suppose I know there's never always just one, but it, it, do you have one or two uh, tips as it relates to sort of success rituals or things that people can do to help them gain their uh, ace up their sleeve, either to do or to stop doing? So talk us through some of those. Yeah, well, one of the things that I would say to definitely start doing, because um, obviously as a humour coach, everyone says, what's one tip to be funnier? Um, my very first tip would be fill up on funny. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you don't have any funny inside of you, none's going to come out ever. So you want to be consuming <laughs> as much um, humorous content as you can um, so that you can sort of dial it up in your conversations down the track um, or share share something with other people sort of thing. Okay. So for those that aren't funny um, naturally, <laughs> how, how do you absorb or load up on funny? Do you suggest watching particular things or what what? Talk, talk us through that. Yeah, so um, there's – it's a very – it's interesting um, with the humour, especially from a business point of view, because you mm. want to make sure that you're not offensive, um, but you also want to make sure that you don't um, ruin your credibility, um, especially if you're in a leadership position and trying to influence others. Um, so I have a um, sort of body of – humor that I like to call stealth humor I came up with when I started working with speakers and coaches and leaders um, because when you're a comedian basically you have to get a laugh at all costs um, and so you can do all sorts of humor just to make sure that you do that but when you've got a message to communicate to people you have to get that message out at all costs and so stealth mm. humor is a really good way to do that because you don't have to actually like so if you'd say something that's funny it's, it gets a laugh and it sort of registers on your audience's radar. But if it and, – and people have a bit of a laugh. But if it doesn't, it just sounds like what you've said, like what the rest of what you're saying. Um, mm. so, so it's a very sneaky way of doing it. So rather than – so quick stealth humour lesson. Um, rather than telling jokes, you just simply reflect the truth and you hold up um, – a mirror to people's lives and say, have a look at this. And Mm -hmm. the things that are the easiest and safest things to do are things that are simple every day and slightly exasperating. So if you have that mild annoyance about something, then that's probably a good thing to do. Um, I've got a Facebook community called High Performance Humour and in there um, we share a fill up on funny Fridays uh, and there's a hashtag going the whole time which is fill up on funny and so that's probably the quickest express route if you don't have a lot of time to actually go yep I'm just going to go in there and get all of my content from there. (laughs) Yep 
Beautiful, fantastic. Yeah. And that yeah. helps, as you say, them fill up on funny and get into that high performance because that's ultimately uh, the goal and the reason that you're sought out is to help people improve their performance, whether that's at uh, work when they're working for somebody else or whether it's uh, in their business and obviously yeah. in their uh, in their speaking uh, careers, and et cetera, as well. It's all around that um, increasing the performance, the engagement, um, which would transpose over to teams working more effectively together getting better results etc totally yeah because when you sort of build those better relationships through the use of humor then things is just so much easier to get things done quickly so that starts to increase your performance and then obviously because you're performing better and you've got better relationships then you're going to get way better results really quickly so beautiful thank you yeah. um and you've mentioned your um facebook group so do, also do tell us how um, people can get in contact with you um in general and obviously just on that note people can uh, find kate's contact details through the radio station webs uh, website and blog but fabulous yeah kate, and so, the, yeah. oh sorry i was gonna say yeah so um my website is kate burr.com.au and then um on all the socials like i'm usually hang out mainly on facebook and linkedin i'm occasionally on instagram but i'm still getting used to it <laughs> um, <laughs> but the handle for that is kateburr.com so d-o-t-c-o-m at the end and that's on all of them Fantastic. Yeah. And we've still got a couple more minutes to go. So is there one um, either funny story, case study, great result or anything else that you'd like to share with us to um, give the audience a bit more of a taste of uh, the great impact that you can create for them? Well, I think that I probably, we touched on it a little bit earlier in that first question about how mm. comedy got me into this and comedy better get me out of this. And I just wanted to share a quick little story about how I thought laughter was the best medicine. Um, so obviously when I was having all my issues around parenting, it sort of was postnatal depression that turned into clinical depression. I excelled in laughter. Um, and because I thought, well, everyone says laughter is the best medicine, that must be all I need. But what I found out when I was at the psychologist's office is that laughter is probably the best anesthetic. Um, so it helps break the tension and reduce the pain, but it's not actually going to fix anything. So when I say comedy got me into this comedy better get me out of it, what I actually realised was that um, laughter is only half of the equation from a comedian point of view and for just everyone in general anyway. Um, so laughter is the only the half of the equation. The other half is what comedians do to generate that laughter. And so they do three things really well. They're really conscious. They're always checking out what's going on. How can I work this into my act? Um, they're curious. They look at it from all the different angles to find where the funny is. And then they're creative to come up with the joke. So I used that conscious, curious, creative, and I actually applied it not necessarily to a humor writing sense, but to a fix my life sense <laughs> and I was like well what's actually going on for me here and why is it going on and now how can I fix it and that's the sort of the three things being conscious curious and creative about my life that I was able to um, move through the whole depression thing and get on with enjoying stuff better again 
Beautiful. Now, the uh, radio show does have lots and lots of women that are are, um, are obviously mums um, and parents and are in that executive area, and we do still have some uh, more time. So do you want to share a little bit more about any of that as it relates to being a mum coming out of the depression, etc.? Because we've got about five more minutes. Yeah, okay, cool. So um, I think that... Um, I'm just trying to think what, what I'm going to talk about here. Um, so we've got the uh, – so one of the groups that I was doing – so we, one of the groups that I was doing parenting with um, was called the Three Stuffed Mums. And the premise around the Three Stuffed Mums was that I was – um, physically stuffed because I had a toddler at the time. And Maggie was mentally stuffed because she had a teenager. And Kehau, um, who was an empty nester, was telling everyone to get stuffed. Now, hopefully that reference relates to American audiences. Hopefully, fingers crossed, that works. <laughs> um, but we had um, – well, yeah, we – so it was a great show because I was in my um, 30s at the time. We had Maggie in her 50s and then Kay Howe was in her 60s. And so we've actually – that was 10 years ago we did that show and we've just now rebooted it um, as a Facebook live show, actually. It's been quite mm. fun to do, um, which you can find at the Three Stuffed Mums. Um, but yesterday we were talking about um, the Are You Okay Day. So we've got um, – a good day in Australia called Are You Okay Day, which is to promote, um, in, like, encourages people to check in with people's mental health and their mental well-being by asking the question of people, "Are you okay?" Um, and one of the things that I realised about that question is that it's really hard to answer if you're not familiar with what emotions you're experiencing. Because mm. I had the um, uh, the strategy with dealing with my emotions that I just would um, ignore them or shove them all down really deep inside and deal with them later. And there never was a later. Um, so <laughs> I, um, what would happen is that all my emotions would just explode out of me at any given moment. Um, and so I think from a, if you're experiencing some stress or bad feelings or things aren't quite going right, especially in the mental health realm, but it doesn't have to be right down to the extreme of mental illness, but it could just be in general. Um, I think that really checking in with your emotions and getting conscious and curious and creative with your emotions is a really big thing. Um, I think mm. that like in the past, emotions have been given a bad rap. And I think that's pretty much because there's so many people who don't know what to do with them. But I like to think that emotions are like a canary in a coal mine. So if you um, start to pay attention to them, um, it's actually a good indication that something needs attention. So from mm. a conscious, curious, creative point of view, it's like, well, if I'm angry, it's like, well, recognizing that I'm angry and then going, I wonder why I'm angry. And it might be that you've just been putting, giving to too many people or you haven't had a good sleep or you haven't eaten very much lately or you haven't got your boundaries in place or those sorts of things. So it's like really just sitting with it for a little bit and going, why am I so angry? And then working out a way to deal with it. Um, so I have um, a whole heap of different ways to deal with my emotions now from a creative perspective. One of them is, and I don't want to get too woo-woo here, but I had um, when I was learning about my emotions a bit more, I had a whole heap of different crystals. So I'd have like mm. a, a rose quartz and a, something for strength and whatever. And every morning I would pick a crystal um, and go, what do I need today? And that was sort of just a really good tangible way to check in and go, how am I feeling? To what focus. Do I need? 
mm. and I would just put that in my pocket. And whether the healing crystals heal or not, whatever, wasn't the point. It was that I was using that as a way to check in with my emotions. So I think just being comfortable and checking in with your emotions and asking them what they're trying to teach you is probably my tip for if you're having a hard time. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. I appreciate that. I, um, I know you'd be able to articulate that beautifully and I know we've had uh, conversations and similarities where we've um, not uh, been through pro uh, periods where we're not dealing with the emotions. Um, you're an eruptor and I'm an eruptor when it all goes pear-shaped. It's like, um, so I knew you'd be able to articulate and work through that. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Especially with all of the processes that you help uh, your audiences with the engagement, so thank you for sharing that little bit of uh, additional insight. So, no folks, worries. that's um, Kate, um, and as um, I'll get Kate to do a bit of a, a quick wrap up as well. But Kate is your funny on purpose uh, solution if you're needing to gain more engagement in your presentations. If your topic is a little bit boring and you need a way to be able to inspire and engage the audience so they understand it, just like she shared. Uh, with us with the uh, strategy that they use with the high school students and the knowledge gap um, and to make it relevant to them she talked about uh, creating the topic around uh, a party which of course uh, teenage and high school students know about um, creating good parties so Kate <laughs> just as a quick wrap up from the business your 30 second pitch um, to retell people how you can assist them yeah, so if you want some help putting humour around your message so that it's more engaging to your market, I can help with that. And, um, yeah, I've provided um, a funny on purpose cheat sheet for people. So if you want to download that, I'm sure that will be in the show notes somewhere or on the radio website at some point. Um, and otherwise, check me out on social media at katebird.com and say hello, um, drop me a message because I would love to know, um, I um, in Australia, I'd love to know who's listening from around the world because I think that would just be really cool to say, hi, it's Tracy from, uh, Tracy from Texas or wherever you guys all are. That would be great. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kate. Much, much appreciated. Uh, I'll look forward to chatting with you more a little bit later shortly. So, folks, uh, we are now just going to go to a quick break and then we will have Joe Frankie III on to sharing another fantastic story and tips with us. Be right back. Wow, what great tips and strategies already. But stay tuned for even more inspiration. We are taking a quick break and Sally will be right back with more of Success Secrets Exposed. You're listening to W4WN Radio, the Women for Women Network, brought to you live by the Talk 4 Media Network at W4WN.com, connecting and empowering women around the globe. Have you ever dreamt of being on the radio? Well, now is your chance. Be a radio show guest on the number one ranked internet radio station and promote you and your business for free. Yes, you heard it, free. Business advertising right here on W4CY.com. Call 561 506 
56150 now to get booked on one of our shows. That's 561-506-4031. Get your free advertising now. Have you ever dreamed of having your own radio show? Well, W4CY Radio makes dreams come true. You can be a radio personality on the number one ranked internet radio station in West Palm Beach, Florida. We can be heard in 105 countries and all U.S. states. Promote your business. Earn up to $10,000 per month and more. It's all up to you. Have fun and be heard. Call 561-506-4031. That's 561-506-4031. Start your radio show now. Hello listeners, it's time for more Secrets Exposed. So let's continue to move you forward to your success. Once again, here's your host, Sally A. Curtis. Welcome back everyone and welcome Joe Frankie. How are you? I'm doing fine, Sally. I'm a little warmer than y'all are, but that's okay. Yeah, Thank you. Uh, we were having a chat before about how Kate and I are rugged up in our several and multiple layers of clothing um, and Joe is just in his T-shirt. So um, we are experiencing each other's weather, etc. here as we chat with um, great connections. So thank you, um, Joe, for joining me today. And it was great. Um, we had a great conversation when we first met uh, on LinkedIn. And I'm super excited to be able to share some of your tips and talk with, with, with you today. So as a formal way of uh, introduction, Joe's going to talk on his five-minute drill, the executive's networking success. So he's going to share some tips and um, strategies around that and also share a lot of his uh, story and his secrets to his own um, success as well. So Joe is a West Point graduate who's had a very full uh, career in the US Army as a warfighter and logistics logistician, logistics person for 30 plus years. He's commanded at all levels from platoon through to installation. Uh, Post-military, he uses his logistics skills to work on infrastructure projects in the US and internationally. Um, We had some great conversation around that. Currently, he's an award-winning author and coach and a search consultant. He advises executives and transitioning military leaders. Most often, he helps them better merchandise themselves by helping them build a LinkedIn bridge from where they are now to where they want to go. He claims over 40 years of leading multifunctional teams worldwide in engineering, logistics, life science, technology, aviation, environmental services, and in doing that from startups to Fortune 500 companies, both in the private and the public sectors. Uh, Joe lives in Houston, or near Houston, Texas, with his wife, Karen, and his wannabe schnauzer, who's also a rescue dog. We talked on dogs quite a bit when we caught up, and the and the rescue dog is called Ollie, and often not very, very far away. So, Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for how, uh, having me, Sally. This is uh, a real pleasure. Thank you. So I'd love for you to share some of your story as to the background that's led to um, you discovering the great strategies and success of LinkedIn and also that helped create your own success. Well, you know, as a youngster, I grew up in a rural community down in South Texas. And, uh, you know, when I graduated from high school, I was fortunate enough to get an appointment to the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. So I just kind of went from high school to uh, the Army. Uh, 
So four years at the academy and 30 years in the army uh, came out the other end uh, trying to use uh, all of the skills and experiences I had amassed. And what I became apparent to me was I didn't know anything about transitioning, you know, from one sector to the other. So uh, that I had great difficulty in learning the ways to to do that. So that always uh, stayed with me. At that particular time, uh, LinkedIn was in its infancy. Mm-hmm. In 2004, it was just a, you know, a venture type thing and what have you. But starting on 2005 and forward, uh, I really saw the power that LinkedIn had to allow a person, you know, to articulate what they bring to the table, you know, in in depth. And so I started um, coaching military people that were transitioning uh, over the years and and just developed uh, those particular skills. Then later on, once I got to be an executive recruiter, it became um, painfully obvious to me that even uh, the most uh, successful senior people uh, were really great at, you know, running companies and all that kind of stuff, but they didn't know, did not know how to merchandise themselves, mm. what they brought to the table. And so I was ending up uh, re- reworking LinkedIn profiles and getting their resumes to match and all those kind of things. And, you know, then my wife told me one day, she says, you know, Joe, you're doing this for all these other people. Uh, and you all you've done all your life in the Army is really develop leaders. And mm. why don't you do this uh, on your own since you seem to have a passion for it? So all I can say is behind every good man, there's even a finer woman. Oh, and, you're beautiful. <laughs> So with that blinding flash of the obvious, uh, so about five years ago, I just started doing this uh, professionally. And so in the past five years, I've coached 646 executives, uh, veterans and or students, you know, to basically um, help them get from where they are to where they want to go. And you can build a LinkedIn bridge in order to do that. And so uh, it's a lot of fun because you get to see people, you know, kind of get what they want, you know, right before you in a, in a short period of time. So I find it uh, mm. very rewarding and it just uh, fell in line with everything that I'd done, you know, all my mm. life. So that's the, uh, that's the, the quick nutshell of it. Yeah, beautiful. And having uh, that um, extensive experience in developing leaders and um, really helping them see the leaders within them and the things that they are naturally good at and developing that as you would have done through the military and your, uh, your uh, previous career. Do you find uh, with when it comes to LinkedIn profile and when you're digging into uh, people's psyche and uh, getting them to understand themselves that it that there's that they don't they don't see what we see in them for a little for a little while and then all of a sudden through the coaching that you provide they then suddenly have their own aha moment around them can you talk us through some of that perhaps sure i mean and that's the crux of it i mean it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to take a person through what i call it turning your mind inside out 
<laughs> uh, for example, so that you can see the world in a different perspective. So if you are wanting a certain thing, right, if you want to achieve a certain goal, then you have to think of it like uh, the fish and the fisherman. You know, you and I might enjoy a very good, uh, you know, steak every once in a while and think that's great. But if we go fish with, you know, some really good steak, we're probably not going to catch any fish. But if we fish with exactly what the kind of fish that we're trying to catch wants, we're probably going to have better luck. And it's the same thing with LinkedIn. You, Depending on what you want to accomplish, like say you want to land a new opportunity, maybe you want to pivot, perhaps you want to change sectors, maybe you want to get yourself promoted in the job you have, maybe you just want to better merchandise yourself, you know, to the market or, hey, I have this entrepreneurial side and I want to, you know, uh, express, you know, what I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. Well, you got to put the right bait, you know, to catch the right fish. And Mm. so what, 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 um, what uh, recruiters are in essence, I mean, they're looking for particular kinds of fish. And so uh, what what helped me with being in the executive recruiting, I'd say, well, gosh, you've got all this here. That's great experience, but that's not anything the client wants. And, the, and then they say, well, I've done all that other stuff. And I said, well, you know, if it's not here, nobody can see it. Mm. And if nobody can see it, nobody is going to call you. Mm. Very, very true. And with that, um, and that, I'm sorry, I'm just really resonating on that. If if it's not here, people can't see it. Um, and I think that's where, having worked with startups myself and done a little bit around LinkedIn, people sort of go, "But I've got it all. But I've got it all." But as you said, if it's not written in black and white, if it's not here, they don't see it because that they're going to their natural go-to place, which is LinkedIn, to have a look. And if they can't right. see it, if it's not there, they can't see it. Um, but it's getting that conversational story and those key elements out. So talk us through how you go about um, helping people with that. Well, the, the most important thing is uh, – um, I've done this a while, and so I can look at a resume or a LinkedIn profile, and I already see the things that are not there. But I know if this person's worked for this company or that company, and they have these kind of titles, then they I know they did these certain things, or they wouldn't have gotten promoted. Mm-hmm. So you you see all of the the gaps that are not there, but you and so you can say, well, what about this? Well, well, I did do that. And I said, well, how come it's not here? And well, I didn't think it was important. And I said, well. Um, everything is important from the standpoint of what the client might need, right? So when you're dealing with LinkedIn, if you want to compete competitively, you're in a content war. Hmm. And, uh, you know, content trumps less content. Uh, Good content trumps just content. But compelling content trumps it all. And compelling mm-hmm. content is telling your story with quantitative and qualitative metrics. You know, um, most, you know, recruiters can look at a resume for 15 or 20 seconds and put it in a pile that they're going to review later or, you know, immediately go to the ones that I'm, the next 10 I'm going to look at as soon as I sort this big pile. Mm-hmm. And so 
LinkedIn is the exact same way. And what LinkedIn is used now to today, in my view, is eight or nine years ago, we would all carry what we called a general resume, which is just kind of a collection of all the things that, you know, you've done. Well, now LinkedIn does that for you. And, you know, it's open to, you know, to the world. So the nice thing about it is it's vetted. You know, the public can see it. You know, it's not very smart to put something on LinkedIn profile that you know, all your friends can say, well, no, I'm, he, he's really not part of the royal family. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but it allows you to, to populate that. And also, on a resume, you, you just sell your skills and experience and particular stories really against a job description or position specification. Mm. And on LinkedIn, you have the ability to uh, sell your emotional intelligence. You don't have that ability on a, a resume. And your emotional intelligence in today's day and time is 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 rivaling the importance of your intellectual uh, ability. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't get along with other people and meld in a team, it doesn't matter, you know, what your intellectual capacity is. You, you can't work together to get things done. And so most people use LinkedIn like, like the front page of a newspaper. And, you know, on a newspaper, you have above the fold and below the fold. Mm. But LinkedIn, uh, the structure of it, allows you to be a full newspaper. In other words, you have the front page, you have pages two through nine, you have the comic section, you have the uh, sports <laughs> section, you have the op-ed section. So there's ways to populate uh, all your stories about what you bring to the table and even amplify those that are even more important to you in other places. So there's a lot of power there. So mm, mm. a lot of people leave all of that power on the on the table. And in the end, if you're looking for new opportunities, the more senior you get beyond 30, 33, then, uh, you know, that, that funnel is getting smaller and tighter. So you end up having to be more uh, competitive. And the way that you're more competitive is you have to have a more competitive LinkedIn profile. Because it doesn't matter if you come up in my search, you know, 395 out of 400, I'm probably working with the first 50 trying to narrow it down to something, you know, to a smaller number, to a smaller number. Mm, something manageable. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And can you provide some um, sort of real life examples of people that have followed your advice, like a before and after and what's occurred for them? Got uh, yeah. I. Yep. I had a lady that uh, uh, was, um, I mean, she was, I could see that she had a lot of ability. She had a lot of experience, but she came, she was a uh, naturalized citizen. She wasn't, uh, she wasn't born in the U.S., so she came out of a different culture. And so I had to work with her because this just didn't sound right, you know, from her cultural, cultural perspective. And to get her stories out there. But, you know, because um, all she was getting was small admin jobs and that kind of stuff. But I said, look, you're, you, you could be uh, in business analytics. I mean, you're a pro. 
And but you got to get the story out there so that some people can see you. And so her best story was she had developed an the ATM machine in Gaelic for a bank when all these other consulting firms said, well, you, you know, we can't make something that meets, you know, banking regulation standards and make, you know, make everything on the ATM machine in Gaelic. Well, I mean, she got that done. And so we, done. and, and so that was a beautiful story. I mean, she got that done when other people, you know, uh, where they were trying to pay all kinds of money to make it happen. She got it done for them. And once that story kind of got, populated you could see the the that with other stories we got the stories out there then she got what she she got what she wanted and it and and she was really motivated because she was trying to take care of a an elder mother you know that had challenges uh, as well and that's it so with with a profile that's not got the right content in it that's just got everyday generic I'm going to call it boring content and it uh, doesn't present the person effectively. She was stuck in that uh, in that rut of getting uh, jobs that were below the, the worthiness of what she was able to deliver and the value that she was able to provide. Um, so um, and that's uh, and then through getting the profile right, she was able to uh, demonstrate her business analytics, etc., and what she'd been right. able to do. That she really was that per- that she really was that person of of that caliber. That's fantastic. That's great. So, um, if, is there one sort of secret that you would give people? Uh, if, uh, around the success uh, rituals as it relates to changing or creating a, a turning point for themselves to get those, to go from those mediocre roles to the roles that they really should be having. Uh, what would that be? How would you say that to people as a bit of a wrap up and a bit of a wind up? Okay. The key is uh, everybody is a great gal or guy, you know? So uh, the key is to, in, in my view, the, the, the most simple thing you can do is, can you measure your production? Can Sally Curtis tell how many people she's affected, how many radio shows she has, you know, how many guests she has? I know you got that in a matrix or an Excel spreadsheet. Mm. Okay. But the same is true of what you're doing on a LinkedIn profile. I mean, okay, don't list your responsibilities at the, at the company. I mean, what did you do with those responsibilities? I mean, did you make money? Did you save money? Did you increase efficiency? Did you reduce man hours? Did you take on a project that uh, helped the company or, you know, your team? And what were the end results uh, of those projects? Mm, Beautiful. Fantastic. If if that can be seen, then people, at least in the recruiting world, I say, well, that person can measure the production. Let me read the rest of this profile. Mm. So, in other words, that sort of information stops the scroll. It creates a pause where people are more curious about you and want to find out more. So, it creates that drawing to them. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, Joe, how can people get in contact with you? I know you've got your uh, book on LinkedIn, but how can people get in contact with you if they're they're needing more help um, and uh, support from yourself? Um, I have a website. It's uh, JF. I, I, I for JF the third, but the way you have to do it is with triple I, JFII associates.com. And uh, you can reach out to me on uh, LinkedIn at Joe, 
Joe Frankie the third. Um, and there's fortunately there's not too many of us <laughs> out there. And also I'm on Facebook um, at uh, facebook.com uh, JFII Associates. Beautiful. That's fantastic. So thank you very much, uh, Joe. I really appreciate everything that you've uh, shared with us today. Um, as I said, uh, when I first met Joe, we had a great conversation on LinkedIn. Uh, on LinkedIn, that started on LinkedIn. We then had a great conversation over Zoom, and just that uh, that natural ability, that gift to um, to bring out the leaders and bring the, your leadership story to the fore um, that helps to create the outcomes that you're looking for. So if you're looking for um, help as it relates to transitioning and getting a new role or anything around uh, those sorts of um, steps in the meeting, um, as Joe certainly is your person to say speak. Uh, just give us a little note that we've just got um, some of the back resolutions, which is telling starting to clear now I'm told I don't hear it but I hear that you guys get to hear it so we get yeah, beautiful um, we're I'm, good I'm good you're good to go now fantastic so we've got a couple more minutes uh, left of the show by the looks of things um, so I just wanted to uh, continue saying thank you very much to uh, to Joe. Um, if you're needing and wanting to transition your career or need help in positioning yourself getting your story right or uh, landing a new opportunity etc then uh, Joe can certainly help you with uh, the LinkedIn profile he's provided uh, his contact details um, as always you can can get um, and find our guests' contact details. So you can find Joe's contact details and Kate's contact details uh, on the uh, website's uh, radio station's blog um, and you can catch their download um, information there as well. So we'll just start to wind up. I'd just like to bring Kate um, and Joe back on if they're there just to say thank you and good, good day and goodbye and good evening. Hey. Thank you. Uh, good, good evening to you. And thank you, uh, Joe. Kate, you still there? I sure am. Yes. I, Beautiful. Should, I do, should I do a big g'day, everyone? There you go, <laughs> Kate. There you go. Thank you very much, Kate. <laughs> 
So we, we're all, uh, oh, there you go. She's instantly made Joe and I laugh. So that's a demonstration of how you bring humour into everything. Thank you so much, uh, Kate and Joe. Appreciate your time and your sharing and your stories. And I will look forward to chatting with you offline and again soon. Um, so this is the end of today's show. And I look forward to chatting with the audiences and the guests uh, more. So we will see you next week. Thank you very much. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I trust you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern for more Success Secrets Exposed. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great-